You're listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney. Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. My name is Zach Finney. I'm your host, and I am pleased to welcome our guest, Deanna Sizemore, Director of Compliance with the BIM Group. Deanna, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great, Zach. Thank you for having me. Happy oh, to our, be here. Our pleasure. So, Deanna, we're going. If, if it's okay, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I'd, I'd like to talk about kind of how uh, spouses on coverage, surcharges. Um, how you know, just when can spouses drop coverage on plans? I'd, I'd love to kind of dig into that a little deeper, since I know you are expert in this subject. Sure. Sounds right, great. So, so in your opinion, like what is the current trend you're seeing in reducing the number of spouses on plans? Um, that's a great question. So we are starting over the past probably seven, eight years, um, we're starting to see a continual uptick in spousal carve-outs or spousal surcharges on employer plans. We're starting to see that a little bit more with the ACA in 2013. Uh, we had to cover dependents, but dependents were listed as um, dependent children. So you could carve out a spouse, and that also gave employers room to do that. Uh, the big thing is uh, we're starting to see this reduction more and more because some spouses, they have coverage at their employer, and you want to get those claims off your plan and put those on another employer plan so you, that your employer's not having to pay those costs. And and what is driving this reduction? It really comes down to cost. So if you, um, you know, maybe your plan is having a lot of high claimants and um, or you're seeing a lot of spouses on the coverage by implementing a spousal waiver or a spousal surcharge, those spouses that have access to coverage through their employer can go to that plan. And then that'll take some of those claims off of your life, um, off of your bottom line. And, and you mentioned a um, spousal surcharge and a waiver what is a spousal surcharge and a spousal waiver and, and is there a, a a big difference between the two another great question um so with a spousal surcharge basically what the employer is doing is if your spouse is going to be on the plan through your employer they're going to charge an additional fee um that surcharge could be um, an additional $50, or it could be the entire premium for the spouse. Whereas a spousal waiver is that spouses aren't covered unless they don't have access to other coverage. So there would have to be a proof of other coverage or lack of other coverage, therefore, because we, you know, we do have some people, the spouse does not work, or the spouse maybe works part-time, doesn't have access to health care. It's not about preventing those spouses from accessing health care. It's about moving those who have access to coverage elsewhere to those plans. And that would be to a group plan, not necessarily um, an individual plan. So with a surcharge versus a waiver, it really comes down to the message the employer wants to send. So when we look at that with our clients, we take a, a step back and say, okay, what is it you're wanting to accomplish? How do they want the morale of their employees? You know, what you know, what's the driving force there? Maybe it's their workforce. Maybe they've got a majority of single people um, and maybe just a small minority of those with spouses and maybe they just want to do a, a waiver or a surcharge at that point. So it really comes down to knowing that client, knowing how they want to communicate that and 
you know, if their driving factor is going to make a make or break that decision on how we communicate it to employees. So you explained that way better than Google did, which I, oh. <laughs> you know, right before the, you know, the podcast and my preparation, Deanna, that, that actually makes sense because I read a lot. Okay, of good. Good. <laughs> I feel a lot better now. Yeah, and you also hear spousal waiver called a spousal carve out. It can be called yes. a couple different things. So gotcha. Yeah, I saw that too. I said and makes a lot more sense now. And as far as why a company would implement a spousal surcharge or spousal waiver, is there pros and cons to either of the two, or is it kind of the same pros and cons across the board? And what would those pros and cons be? Yeah, so there definitely is, are some pros and cons to it. So if you exclude spouses altogether, so that's that spousal waiver or carve out. You know, the pro is you're reducing your enrollment. You're allowing spouses who maybe qualify for coverage through an exchange or individual plan to be able to get that. So you may have somebody that, that maybe they would be eligible for exchange coverage, but are not now because they've got access to employee coverage through their spouse. If the employer doesn't allow spouses on the plan, that gives them the opportunity to enroll. You know, the cons really is messaging how that's going to come across to your employees. Um, you know, family values, it kind of complicates that message. If you're a really family-oriented company and you do something like a carve-out or a waiver, it doesn't feel good. Um, whereas, you know, a larger company may be able to do it and it does not make as big of an impact. Um, it also complicates the administration um, of a family's medical needs because then you're going to have maybe an employee and their children with one network, one provider, uh, one set of plan benefits, and then you've got a spouse that's completely different. Um, and maybe the doctor they've seen for 20 years is not in that network, but they were in the employee's network. So it could complicate things on, on that regard. If you do a carve-out where spouses have other coverage, the pro there, it's a whole lot more palatable and less negative impact on the culture of the plan um, or the employer. It does increase HR administration because you have to monitor that spousal eligibility, which is where, you know, we would say a dependent waiver is a great or a dependent audit is a great tool there because that helps the HR administration monitor that. Um, the, another thing may be, you know, if you charge a higher premium, so that's surcharge for the spouses to be on the plan. It increases the revenue uh, to help pay plan costs. So it's going to help with your bottom line. And then for spouses, um, a spouse, if they have coverage to their employer and they also want to be on the employee's plan, the spouse would have secondary coverage. Um, and again, the con there is increased HR administration. Um, and again, a, a dependent audit would help monitor that on an ongoing basis. Yeah, that's, that's great information. And, you know, the, the dependent audits we do, we also, we we have that spousal verification that, that that a lot of companies that have the surcharges really take advantage of. And we're doing kind of a similar thing where we're we're checking to see if that spouse has coverage available with their employer. Mm -hmm. So that definitely hits on um, great information. If Dan, tell me if it, if an employer has a spousal sur surcharge or waiver, are there exempt exemptions to that surcharge? Um, if they have a, a surcharge or waiver, the exemptions really are, you know, they don't have access to other coverage or they can't qualify for other coverage. You want to make sure that that spouse has an opportunity to get coverage somewhere. And the big thing is just making sure that they have the access to the other plan and that you also want to make sure that that the timing is right because you could have a situation where a plan would not allow a spouse to come on or off depending on if it's 
enrollment or what their section 125 document states. So that's just some things to kind of keep in mind as you go through that. You want to make sure that you're covering all your bases and um, not not leaving someone out that maybe should be included in the health plan. Right. And then when can a spouse add or drop coverage under the other spouse's plan? Yeah. And that that's going to lead right into what we were just talking about with the section 125 plan document. So if a plan has a payroll contribution that is pre-tax, there's an underlying section 125, which is an IRS code plan document that says what the qualifying events are. And those qualifying events that we all are aware of are, you know, you get married, you have a baby, uh, you get divorced, uh, someone dies, that sort of thing. A lot of plans in recent years have amended their section 125 plans to allow um, spouses or employees to make changes to the plan off open enrollment based on the eligibility or lack of eligibility for that person. So in an employer situation that offers a spousal carve out or waiver, their um, plan would say, okay, first of the year, we're going to have a spousal waiver. All the spouses get off the plan. The hope would be that that spouse's employer plan allows for them to come on because now they've had a loss of coverage or loss of eligibility through their spouse's plan. So John Doe has coverage. Jane Doe gets kicked off the plan. Jane Doe goes to her employer and says, I've lost eligibility under um, my husband's plan. They're going to let Jane Doe um, on the plan. If you do a spousal surcharge and there's maybe not a section 125 document that says um, under Jane Doe's plan that says you can come on um, due to a change in coverage, she may or may not be allowed to come on because the spousal surcharge is, is you're just cost you're you're still keeping the eligibility open for Jane, but you're just charging more for her. So it really comes down to those section 125 documents. Again, the majority of them include this type of language that would allow you to come on or off the plan, especially especially if there's a loss of eligibility. Got you, got you. And and I think and we've touched on this uh, throughout this conversation, Deanna. But I mean, how does an employer manage spouse enrollment and verify eligibility? And that is a great question because that is the one that we you know. Know, it really depends on the employer. Um, we often require or don't require, we ask our employers to have a spousal affidavit. The employee signs the affidavit that this spouse does or does not have access to other coverage. Um, there's usually some language on there, like if you're found not telling the truth, you could be reprimanded as far as even um, fired for lying. Obviously, that's the extreme case. And, you know, if it's a case where you're trying to verify if that person has other coverage or not. It's really hard to do that from an HR perspective because you don't have phone numbers. You don't have, you know, you're not going to pick up the phone and call every spouse's employer to see if they have coverage or not. So you're really taking the employee's word for it unless you do that next step of a dependent audit or you've got a third party going through trying to find those holes. You know, and I, one of the things I know that we've kind of talked about is if that employee lies or misrepresents the information on the spouse, what does that HR person do with that? And that really comes down to, again, the employer, what they want to do, how, how tight do they want to make that? Do they want to say, okay, well, you're reprimanded and your spouse is kicked off the plan or you're going to have to pay a surcharge or we're going as far as termination. So I hope that answers that question. I think that that answered it crystal clear. Deanna, again, you're you're just showing off knowledge today. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's incredible. I'm, I'm working in slow motion today, and then you're just uh, I feel more educated than when we began. So great. <laughs> So that's about all the time we have. Just one last question. Deanna, will you please join us again sometime? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, 
I'm your host, Zach Finney. A big thanks to our guest, Deanna Sizemore. And this has been another episode of the Clear Track HR Podcast. Talk to you soon.